0: V.C.Y. America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk.
1: Thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on V.C.Y. America. Ladies and gentlemen, sadly... Anti-Semitism is running rampant at levels here in the United States, in my perspective, not seen since the Holocaust. And it's been growing all around the world. I mean, right here, though, in the United States, our focus today, there have been massive demonstrations that have been shutting down traffic flows in cities across the nation, blocking access to airports, blocking access to train transportation. Christmas events have been interrupted by those supporting the barbaric atrocities of Hamas. One of the significant breeding grounds for this anti-Semitism has been on the college and university campuses. Today, you're going to be hearing firsthand from two Jewish students who testified before Congress on the rising level of pure hatred, threats of violence and intolerance toward anyone that is Jewish. Well, our guest today is speaking out on this issue and engaging his organization to fight against this intolerance. Joining us, we welcome back Brad Dacus, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. Their mission is to defend without charge the religious freedoms, parental rights, and other civil liberties of individuals who cannot defend themselves. Brad previously served as legislative assistant to U.S. Senator Phil Graham, received his Juris Doctorate from the University of Texas School of Law. Brad, thanks for joining us today.
2: Oh, thank you for letting me on the program. I appreciate it.
1: Brad, earlier this month, uh, the Anti-Defamation League reported that from October 7th—that's the day the Islamic terror was, re- re- you know, just unleashed against Israel—from from October 7th to December 7th, a recorded 2,031 anti-Semitic incidents took place. That's up from 465, recording that same period in 2022, which is a 337 percent increase year over year. Uh, they report that includes 40 incidents of physical assaults, 337 incidents of vandalism, 749 incidents of verbal or written harassment, uh, 905 rallies, including anti-Semitic rhetoric, expressions of support for terrorism against the state of Israel and or being anti-Zionism. Uh, on average, over that period, that 61-day period, Jews in America experienced nearly 34 anti-Semitic incidents per day. We know of at least one Jewish man that was killed after being hit in the head by a pro-Palestinian protester. There are about 250 anti-Semitic incidents that specifically targeted uh, Jewish institutions like synagogues. Uh, Brent, these are just levels that are off the charts.
2: You're right. They are off the charts. And it's something that I frankly thought I would not see again, uh, anything like this in uh, in the United States, uh, but yet, it's it's a reality, and I think what's important for people to note is the fact that it's not that suddenly um, a lot of people in America were just convinced to be anti-Semitic, because the the incident is a, a massacre of of Jews in Israel. That was the incident uh, that that was the catalyst uh, that uh, that caused a lot of this uh, that uh, communication to come forward. But what we're talking about is, is uh, the presence of anti-Semitism uh, before this incident even happened. Um, this is just simply coming to the surface, and that is what should be very alarming. Yeah, you're going to have some you know, young people there who are looking for a cause, you know, the same type who wanted to radically you know, demonstrate in 2020 in the summer for BLM or, or for one group or another. You, you have that element. But it's much deeper than that, and that is a lot of these, these students are, are hardcore anti-Semitic. Uh, it's not something they learned yesterday or today, and that's what why this is, should be looked upon as not just a, a, a fad or just uh, you know, a one-time kind of thing, and then we're going to get over it. We have deep issues of anti-Semitism, both from, from uh, Muslim students who are here in the United States via visa, as well as... Unfortunately, a large percentage of Muslims living in the United States, first, second, third, fourth generation,
1: you know, this same article had pointed out, and you referenced the college-university campuses, and they alone recorded a total of 400 anti-Semitic incidents compared to only 33 such incidents, same period from the year uh, a year ago, 2022. But, but Brad, it says if the college and university campuses become a breeding ground for this anti-Semitism, wh- what is it about the coll- college setting that is seeing such a striking rise is what we're seeing here?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have... Liberals in control of our universities and colleges. Hmm. We have leftists, uh, you know, to sort of let people understand the difference. So, um, uh, you know, we've had some, you know, classic, um, you know, liberal, you know, uh, you know, professors outspoken in the past, you know, for civil rights and things like that. Um, That's very distinct from those to the left of them, called the leftists, who are for uh, not for civil rights but rather for um, a totalitarian uh, philosophy and one which um, salutes and, uh, and, and, uh, and vindicates uh, those who uh, silence others, um, those who uh, force the opposition to be quiet and force everyone to believe the way they do. You take that mindset and combine that with anti-Semitism, and that's what, you, what we see here in our universities uh, a lot of professors uh, who uh, have anti-Semitism, um, but as now they feel all the more emboldened because of this, this new uh, philosophy of, uh, of a leftist, uh, Marxist ideology where it's not about civil rights, it's not about the Constitution, it's about taking control and resetting society. Unfortunately, part of that reset, as we see, is anti-Semitism, which is extremely horrific.
1: Well, this past uh, December 5th, uh, House Republicans featured four students. They had a press conference ahead of the presidents. We'll be talking about that, too. The presidents of uh, Harvard, MIT, Penn, American, uh, testified before the Committee on Education and the Workforce. And I'm I'm going to play a clip from one of the students, uh, Bella Ingber, who is a student at NYU. This is what she had to say. And then, Brad, we're going to get your reaction to it. Uh, This uh, happened, this uh, testimony here Uh, at the Republican press conference.
3: Thank you all for having me and for giving me the opportunity to share with you my story. My name is Bella Ingber, I'm a junior at NYU, and I'm going to try to answer the following question for you from my personal experiences. What is it like to be a Jew at NYU? Being a Jew at NYU is walking to class and passing torn and defaced posters of innocent hostages with the words occupier and murderer written across their faces. It is going to Boat's library to study and being interrupted by unauthorized protests where students and faculty call for a globalized intifada revolution, an incitement to violence against Jews everywhere, and a call for the annihilation of the Jewish state and my friends and family who live there. Being a Jew at NYU is being surrounded by students and faculty who support the murder and kidnapping of Jews because after all, as they say, resistance is justified when people are occupied. It is being surrounded by social justice warriors and self-proclaimed feminists whose calls for justice end abruptly when the rape victims are Jews. Being a Jew at NYU has meant being physically assaulted in NYU's library by a fellow student while I was wearing an American-Israeli flag and having my attacker still roam freely throughout the campus. Being a Jew at NYU is experiencing how diversity, equity, and inclusion is not a value that NYU extends to its Jewish students. Since October 7th, the unmistakable anti Semitism that I've experienced on campus is reminiscent of the Jew hatred I've heard about from my grandparents, Holocaust survivors, who experienced firsthand the deafening silence of their neighbors in Poland and Germany when the Nazis first rose to power. As anti Semitic rhetoric and actions became more and more acceptable, their community's shops were looted their synagogues defaced, and finally, their families were taken away and perished in concentration camps. Today, in 2023, at NYU, I hear calls to gas the Jews, and I am told that Hitler was right. To the NYU administration, you are not free to selectively enforce your own rules. You are not free to refuse your Jewish students the same protections that you extend to others. NYU has adopted the International Holocaust Remembrance Association's definition of anti-Semitism, which recognizes that calls to harm Jews in the name of radical ideology, calls to eradicate Israel. To deny the Jewish people their right to self-determination in their ancestral homeland is anti-Semitism that is punishable under NYU's code of conduct. I am a proud Jew, and I am a proud Zionist. I am the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors. We are not going anywhere. Anti-Semitism and the support for terror should have no home at NYU or any other college campus. We made the promise of never again, and never again is now.
1: Thank Brad, you. Brad, your response.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the uh, what she said was was profound, and I liked her resolve when she ended it with uh you know, we've we've heard the, the expression never again and never again is now. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be the attitude of Americans, not just Jews, but Christians, as well as well as any others uh, groups out there who uh, believe in in the the peaceful uh, rights of of Jewish people to uh, to be able to exist uh, in this country, uh, in on our campuses. Um, and that's why we at Pacific Justice Institute came out and it was it, just it's so rampant. It's not just one isolated university or college here. Right, there, right. it's so rampant. Uh, we've made a pledge to uh, protect and to, to legally defend any Jewish student or Christian, for that matter, um, that is harassed, threatened in any way by either uh, you know a mob or demonstrators uh, or you know fellow students or by professors who are isolating students and uh, in the classroom or outside the classroom. Uh, this is something that uh, we we, need, we all need to be united. And, uh, and be very outspoken with, you know, the church in Nazi Germany uh, was way too silent. Um, most of the churches did not speak up. Now is our t- chance to speak up, and uh, we need to encourage all of uh, our fellow uh, believers in Christ to, to be outspoken uh, to uh, defend uh, the Jewish people from uh, going down this, this terrible road, which is we're, we're we're accelerating as we speak.
1: I mean, how appalling. I mean, here she's the granddaughter of people who you know were engaged in, in the Holocaust, the uh, survivors of the Holocaust, and, and hearing terms like, "gas" yes, the Jews, and Hitler was yeah. right. I mean, how appalling.
2: Yeah, um, and mind you, if they had said that about a different racial group, mm-hmm. um, they would be booted off campus. They'd be expelled immediately, immediately. Uh, and in some states in California they may maybe even have hate speech uh, prosecution against them so uh, we we clearly we clearly see a a mega double standard here uh, you know we saw the the uh, head of Harvard uh, you know being uh, questioned and and uh, she was the you know the the, the member of Congress that was asking uh, her the, you know the question about uh, these these statements against Jewish people she mm-hmm. said you know um you know, if you were to to say this about uh, other minorities or black minorities, I think it was this was a specific. Right. You obviously wouldn't allow that for for a moment. Um, and yet, would you allow this this statement to be uh, made against Jewish people? And what was so shocking is to hear her, the response of the president of Harvard, which was, "Well, it just depends on the the context."
1: The context, why? Yeah,
2: and and that was uh, very very telling of how anti-Semitic Harvard is all the way to the top. And that should be an alarm for everyone who appreciates freedom and liberty for all.
1: Friends, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We're talking with Brad Dacus today, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. And uh, they have pledged to fight fight for these uh, religious freedoms of students. And Jewish students are being persecuted. Uh, On account of uh, her being Jewish, we'll be giving you contact information as well after the break. Back in one minute here on Crosstalk.
4: Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, some lakes are shrinking in size. What's causing
5: this?
2: Chris, the Earth's average temperature has been rising over these past few years. But is this a long-term trend? We know that over the decades, the average temperature has gone both up and down, so we wonder what's next. The current warming trend, however, has caused an increase in evaporation from some inland lakes. One lake is in the Middle East. The salty Aral Sea has shrunk dramatically, exposing a several-mile-wide salt beach. This has even affected the search for Noah's Ark. Salt has been picked up by the wind and blown all over the Middle East, including the glacier on Mount Ararat, causing it to melt quite a bit. Inland lakes are by and large leftovers from Noah's flood and the Ice Age which came after it. How much longer will they last? We'll have to wait and see. And that's the Back to Genesis truth.
4: Visit our website at www.icr.org.
1: Listening to Cross Talk on VCY America. Our topic today: anti-Semitism on campuses. Brad Dakis is our guest, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. And we've heard the testimony of one student. We will be hearing one more in this segment. Uh, but Brad, you had mentioned that uh, PJI, the Pacific Justice Institute, you're standing by. You're coming. You're, you're you're willing and ready to come along and aid students really fighting for, for their religious freedom on campus.
2: Yeah, we'd be happy to to aid them and specifically to represent them without charge, and file lawsuits uh, against the students, against these radical uh, Islamic organizations on campus, um, as well as uh, to sue professors and the universities themselves for not uh, providing uh, reasonable, safe, uh, in you know environments and places for for Jewish students to uh, be able to go to school and not have to to worry about uh, threats to their life. So. We stand there ready to file a lawsuit anywhere in the United States where this happens. Uh, as many know, we have 36 offices now in 29 states, coast to coast. Uh, we stand ready with this huge footprint uh, to go to bat for every single Jewish student in America facing this kind of outrageous uh, anti Semitic uh, treatment. And in fact, we didn't just simply announce it publicly, uh, our staff actually worked to make contact with different Jewish organizations, student organizations, uh, to make sure that they knew that we were there to stand right beside them and to defend them against uh, this uh, outrageous uh, conduct. You know, there's two elements of this. One is the degree to which there is anti-Semitism. Number two is the degree to which there is silence when it comes to responding to it. Mm -hmm. The silence. Can be just as important, because that is what communicates uh, and enunciates the anti-Semitism even more. Uh, when Jewish students, you know, see, see themselves being threatened and attacked, and they look to their left and right, and they see silence by their peers, um, that only amplifies it all the more. And we need to make sure we do not have silence. That we speak up against this, and uh, you know, and 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 it, it's uh, we can't leave any student behind. And that's what we're doing at PJI.
6: And
1: uh, we just had Bill Federer for a series of events, and that was his topic, Silence Equals Consent. And when we are silent on these matters, we're giving our consent to them. Brad, uh, uh, you mentioned you're, you're willing and ready standing by. What is your point of contact uh, where people across this nation can be in contact with the Pacific Justice Institute?
6: The
2: easiest is to simply go to our website, which is pji.org, P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute, dot O-R-G. And then they can also sign up to get our case updates called the Legal Insider as well for free. Yeah, it's our e-newsletter update.
1: Okay, pji.org. And for those without Internet access, uh, you have a a phone point of contact there as well?
2: Yes, uh, phone contact would be 916-857-6900-916, 857-6900, 857-6900 and I encourage people to contact us um, all throughout the country. If they, anything comes up, anything pops up, please contact us, and we'll be happy to, uh, to inform you what your legal rights are, as well as the steps you, you need to take or that we need to take on your behalf.
1: You know, it's amazing. Without charge. Yeah, and that's very important. Without charge. Uh, Brad, three university presidents, you re- referred to uh, the Harvard, um, uh, they were called in before Congress. Uh, they were the presidents of University of Pennsylvania, Harvard, and MIT and each of them, uh, according to news reports here, refused to say that calling for the genocide of Jews was a violation of their code of conduct. That's a, that's appalling.
2: Yeah, it, it's shocking. And if they said it about uh, another group, a, a, a racial group or something like that, oh, they would have spoken up and would have said, oh, yes, we'll boot them off campus. They will have no, there's no place for that in our university. But when it comes to attacking the Jews, it's a different ballgame. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that was so evident, based on their testimony, from each of them, all three of them, uh, is very, very telling of not just what's happening at their universities and the anti-Semitism from the top down, but also what is likely at the tops of many universities right. across the country. And, um, you know, it, it's sad when you hear that the, the studies show, the polls show that um, a, a large percentage of Jewish families, are now reexamining uh, the idea of their child uh, going to an Ivy League school in the future, right? Re- basically them thinking, okay, let's have our child go to a, a safe Jewish school instead of one of these Ivy League schools uh, or some other public, or, you know, state university uh, because uh, we want our, our child to be safe. Um, that should not be a part of the equation, but that is massively, according to one study, um, a has just uh, just exploded as a major concern and factor now in Jewish families choosing where their child or son or daughter will attend.
1: And friends, what Brad has said here is that, the, you know, these are just representative because uh, this is rampant across the country. I saw an article that came out uh, December column, uh, December 13th from townhall.com about the U.S. Department of Education investigating yet another six schools for dis- discrimination in the aftermath of Hamas's attack on Israel. Schools added to the list to be investigated Tulane University in Louisiana, Union College in New York, Cobb County School District, Georgia, University of Cincinnati in Ohio, Montana State University of Montana, Santa Monica College in California. And previously, they announced that Cornell University, Columbia University, uh, uh, Wellesley, uh, Lafayette College, University of Pennsylvania would also be investigated. Uh, this is rampant all over the country. Now, friends, I'm going to play uh, another audio clip, one more testimony. This one is just an ounce longer than the other, but you need to hear from a, a, a student. Uh, this is a clip of Ayal Yakovy, a senior at Penn who shared this testimony. Listen to what he had to say.
0: Well, I'm both honored and thankful to be here. I should not be here today. I should be studying for my upcoming finals. I should be taking in every moment, every experience as an undergraduate student in my senior year of college. So while I should not be here today, I am. Because 36 hours ago, I, along with most of campus, sought refuge in our rooms. As classmates and professors chanted proudly for the genocide of Jews while igniting smoke bombs and defacing school property. The neighboring university's president immediately released a statement describing this as a brazen display of anti-Semitism. He went on saying, silence in the face of last night's demonstration of anti-Semitism and hate near our doorstep is not an option for me. Well, the doorstep of the neighboring university is in fact Penn. And in fact, Penn's president did choose silence. The neighboring university's president swiftly denounced the incident, and yet our president cannot. Because the glorious October 7th, and you're a dirty little Jew, you deserve to die, are words said not by Hamas, but by my classmates and professors. And because despite all of this, I am adamant and hopeful that we will not accept, least of all embrace, this horrific new normal on college campuses today. On October 7th, Israel was attacked. Since October 7th, American Jews have been under attack. My name is Ayal Yacobi, and I am a proud American studying at the University of Pennsylvania. I love Penn. I've wanted to attend this university since before I can remember. I'm here because the Penn I attend today is unrecognizable from the Penn I once used to know. Penn, once renowned for groundbreaking discoveries like the mRNA vaccine, is now a chilling landscape of hatred and hostility. Our university, revered for its pursuit of knowledge, has devolved into an arena where Jewish students tiptoe through their days, uncertain and unsafe. The situation at Penn has escalated into a full-blown crisis, with students openly asserting their intentions to proceed with plans with or without university permission. During COVID, strict guidelines governed everything from class attendance and graduation walks. Yet now, when students and faculty defy policies to intimidate Jewish students, where is the same resolute enforcement? For the past three weeks inside Houston Hall, our student center, an anti-Semitic headquarters has been erected, with signs spreading Hamas propaganda. The organizers, both pen-affiliated and not, were initially asked to leave as they are trespassing on campus property. Well, three weeks later, they are still sleeping there, and countless Jewish students have been harassed, yet the anti-Semitic dormitory remains. Clearly, both a disregard for school policies and permission to disregard them by a university unwilling to do anything. Not only are tensions palpable, but there have also been materialized actions taken to intimidate and harm students. A bomb threat against Hillel, a swastika spray painted, the Hillel and Chabad houses vandalized, a professor posting the armed wing of Hamas's logo on Facebook, a Jewish student accosted, Jews are Nazis, etched adjacent to Penn's Jewish fraternity house. Why doesn't the university hold the perpetrators of such acts accountable? Is the university fearful that they may offend those who wish to intimidate and harass their fellow students? Penn's ambivalence fuels a crisis that has shattered my academic sanctuary. Policies meant to safeguard us have become hollow promises. And let us be clear, if they fail Jewish students today, tomorrow they will fail the rest of us. Nonetheless, I refuse to go back to 1939 when Jews had to hide the religious symbols and hide who they are due to the intimidation and harassment of us. I used to think this was nonsense, fear-mongering, until I was made aware that Penn recommended to students, quote, not wear clothing slash accessories related to Judaism. Hundreds of posters mocking the hostages featuring cows instead of humans adorned Penn's campus two weeks ago. While on my way to class, I was greeted with chalk reading 90% of pigs are gas chambered. As a student, what my univer- despite what my university says, I do not feel safe. Let me be clear, I do not feel safe. Luckily, there are policies in place to protect students from the heinous acts I described. Unluckily, the university seems to have no interest in upholding those very policies. It's time for the soul of our university to reclaim its integrity. And it's time for me and my fellow classmates to stop worrying for our lives. Thank you.
1: Brad, a powerful address that he made there.
0: Yeah, it is. And how
2: he ended it, I think, is also real, real significant, just like the last one. Um, her ending was, was very to the point, um, and yet his was as well. Uh, you know, no, no student should ever um, have to, to fear uh, going to school. Um, should have to, to to fear and be intimidated to ever uh, you know deny or to hide uh, who they are as as Jews um, and yet that's the reality of what we're facing the silence of Penn State of Penn uh, University of Pennsylvania and or um, you know and, and their administration is once again it's deafening and that's why we at Pacific Justice Institute have saw the need to step in and to pledge to defend these students because they can't count on the universities to do it. Um, and, uh, and they're de- they deserving of, of protection and the equal and fair treatment, just like any other student who's a part of any other group. Um, this is uh, something that cannot be ignored in, any, any longer. And I want to encourage people out there, if they know of any student being harassed because of their faith, Jew or Christian, uh, that they contact Pacific Justice Institute immediately and let us know uh, so that we can uh, go to bat for them and uh, stand up against this uh, growing uh, hostility uh, at our universities today.
1: And friends, their website is pji.org, pji.org. You can also reach out to them by phone at 916 While we have more news and information to share on this topic, we do want to open our phone lines as well to give you opportunity to weigh in on this issue. Your question for our guest today, Brad Dacus, or brief comment today, our number to crosstalk 800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network.
4: The Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans is a powerful epistle proclaiming the glory of Christ, teaching sound doctrine, and giving believers boldness. For
1: I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it
4: is the power of God unto salvation. Read by Brad Canterbury, VCY America is offering an audio CD of a complete reading of the book of Romans, telling of God's amazing love. But
1: God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us.
4: This audio recording also reveals God's amazing gift to mankind. For the
1: wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ
4: our Lord. Good for yourself or to share with others. Paul's Letter to the Romans on CD. Available for a donation of $9 from VCY America. Call 1 800. Seven two nine nine eight two nine.
1: Friends, it's happening on so many college and university campuses across the nation. Gas the Jews, Hitler was right, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. I mean, on and on these goes, uh, calling Hitler was right, uh, and uh, calling for a intifada to take place, a, a destruction, a killing of the Jewish people. And it is growing. And, and uh, Brad, I know that the, you know, campuses are on break here at this time, uh, over the the uh, Christmas New Year's break, but uh, they're going to be coming back in full force, and uh, I'm I'm only imagining that there's going to be a lot of this that picks up right where it left off, including uh, even as we get closer to Passover.
2: Yeah, and, and unfortunately, uh, this uh, anti-Semitism is being fueled partly by the media, uh, CNN and Headline News and MSNBC. Um, a lot of these uh, journalists and reporters. Um, are you know not de- giving a, a, a fair shake to Israel in their desire to, for uh, self-determination and to uh, to exist and to defend themselves against uh, the Hamas? And people need to understand um, there's also like a, a false messaging taking place here. So the false messaging is that the, Palis- the quote Palestinians, uh, which are uh, you know the uh, Arabic occupiers of parts of Canaan. Um, that are, uh, you know, Gaza and the West Bank, um, these individuals, these groups, do not respect Israel's right to exist. Right. So it's, it's not about two-state solution, mutual respect. No. Their resolve from the river to the sea, what they're saying is the complete extermination of Israel and the occupiers of Israel, the, uh, and, that's, and they're not just even talking just about Israel. They're talking about Jews. And that's why the Jews in the United States are being attacked. Um, people who've never even maybe gone to Israel before, never right. lived in Israel, because they're Jewish. So I, people need to, need to really understand this. When the liberal media tries to say, oh, Israel's not being reasonable and for some, some crazy reason, no, it's, it's about uh, them trying to cover up the, the truth. And the truth is, the, the Hamas and these radical Palestinian groups they want the Jews exterminated, and they want Israel wiped off the face of the map um, and We need to look at it with that same degree of seriousness. I like to think some of the demonstrators uh, probably aren 't thinking um, they 're just you know grabbing onto another cause because they have no purpose in life, and mm-hmm. you know we 've seen that before, um, but unfortunately, those who are in, who are over this uh, those the, the leaders uh, this is what their resolve is. <laughs> and this makes it very, very dangerous. I know
1: some of these protests are now. what river and what sea are you talking about? Well, we don't know. <laughs> uh, let's go to Tony in Nealsville, uh, Wisconsin. You're on the air, Tony.
7: I would just like to say I had this discussion, excuse me, a while back with my uh, mail carrier uh, lady that uh, in my little town here of Nielsville in Clark County, I don't know of any Jewish people. I never have per se, but I'll tell you, I would stick up for them and defend them no matter what mm-hmm. the cost is because I realize what what they're going through and somebody needs to have backbone, and I got a lot of backbone. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, thank you, Tony. Uh, Mike is calling from Michigan. Mike, you're on the air.
7: Yeah, I just had a question. It's kind of a two-part question, but i noticed, like, listen to you and Brandon House and others, and it seems like and I don't want to – Take it the wrong way. It seems like we blindly just follow Israel. We always back Israel, you know. And I, I, I struggle with that, just because, you know, for me, I, how did Mossad not know that that was going to happen? How could Mossad? They have, they're way more informed than the CIA. How could they not okay. about this attack? And then, you know, like the the 2012 Economist magazine cover showed a picture. Of like the devil standing at like a thing with a button that said climate change, and it showed Hamas on hang gliders and stuff. So wasn't this kind of already like set in motion from 2012
1: to 2023? Any response, Brad?
7: <clears throat> well, the the
2: direct indirect implication from what I'm taking from the caller is that um, you know the Israel must have known about it, and therefore, for some reason, uh, was willing to let men, women, and, and little children be be killed and you know, by the Hamas, um, they clearly did not know, um, because I don't know of anyone in uh, the, in Israel, or the, the the Jewish people, who would uh, be willing to let this kind of a massacre happen. They they have a high respect for human life. Um, you know, you look at the Hamas in, the, in, in Gaza, um, yeah, they're using you know their their fellow brothers and sisters as human shields. They're letting they're, they're very little regard for life, letting little little boys and girls have bombs attached to them to blow up Jews. Um, so they have a very low, low standard of life uh, as far as the value of life. We've seen that facilitated. But yeah. no, I, I don't think there's any evidence to support the fact that Israel in any way uh, precipitated this. Um, yeah. it, it's, it, it's not even, I think, on the, 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 the reasonableness of, of, of thinking. When I usually hear that, it's usually in the context of trying to, in some way, shift the blame, shift the focus away from the Hamas, and, uh, and shifted at least partially somewhere else um, the blame is very clear where it is is are radical Muslims uh, in the name of Allah uh, resolute to kill the Jews and uh, I am just so glad that uh, that other Muslim countries um, are not uh, they're silent uh, but I'm glad that, uh, that they're not as resolved to kill all the Jews as we see in Gaza, and also in in the in Iran and some of these
1: other other places. You know, Mike. Let me just add this to, to what Bright has stated, and and that is, uh, there are those the propaganda that's come from from Hamas and and. And uh, from from the, that area of the world would indicate that the Jews did this themselves, that, that the Israeli Defense Force are the ones who carried out the atrocity as an excuse to go in into the Gaza. It's total propaganda, total error with that. But no, we don't blindly do everything that Israel says or does. For instance... Uh, we have uh, ca- called out Israel even on the the big LGBT events at Tel Aviv that have taken place. Uh, we 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 put the spotlight on Israel when they were doing this forced vaccination of the COVID shot on on everybody. And there are there are certain times in which uh, we do disagree. But when it comes to the promises, the eternal promises that God has given to Israel, both to the people and to the land, those are eternal promises. And so, therefore, we do we do stand in this area.
7: Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I because I did hear everybody kind of backs Israel and I'm like well you know I didn't you know I didn't want to insinuate that uh you know like certain people uh did this on purpose but you know in my mind I know like the Gulf of Tonkin governments do get you know the people's support by doing something horrific. And then we're like, hey, you know, we got to retaliate. Yeah. Look at this. This is terrible. You and know?
1: I'm sure there's going to be a full investigation of that right now. They're fighting for their survival, and they know unless they get rid of Hamas, their survival is at risk. But thank you, Mike, for the call. We do appreciate it here. Uh, we have Tom calling next. Hi, Tom. You're on the air.
6: Yes, I was calling because I just wanted to say I remember back in the Iran crisis, the Iran hostage crisis thing, and I remember being so proud of America because they had police protecting the uh, Iranians who were complaining about us, but we certainly have gone downhill a lot since then, because hmm. so this is certainly not the way America should be acting. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you, and that's what you referred to earlier, Brad, as far as the double standard that's taken place.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a real uh, clear and unfortunate double standard um and uh, you know that's that's just not what america is about uh, we're about uh, equal treatment equal protection for all um and you know we take that for granted but much of the world doesn't have that uh, doesn't believe that and it's from that that we have the roots of such horrific persecution against the jews uh erupting and um and we even see it in and in, in, you know sometimes by government leaders of uh, some of those countries in the middle east and it should be uh Uh, extremely alarming, though, when we see it being uttered from the tops of universities in America.
1: Our next caller is from Fountain Hills, Arizona. William, you're on the air.
6: Yes, uh, thank you so much for letting me on the air, and I appreciate Crosstalk so much. I wanted to tell you that in 2005, I went to Israel with an organization called SAREL, S-A-R-E-L, and they are still in existence today. Uh, that organization means serving Israel, and I did work for the IDF uh, there in uh, in uh, Israel mm-hmm. at one of the military bases. And uh, I returned again in two thousand seven. Um, I got the, the Jewish man that had invited me to go over there and do this to do a program in our church. And, uh, I was surprised nobody supported this. Nobody at all. And so I am not surprised at all at the anti Semitism because yeah. it's everywhere and it's um, a lot of it's subdued and kind of kept secret, but it's there. Yeah. yeah. And it's there, even my own church. Hmm. And it's heartbreaking to me because I don't see that in the scriptures. The scripture says that we are to, uh, to bless Abraham, he, mm-hmm. because there's curses from God for those who curse Abraham and his people, his seed. Yeah, And Jesus is his seed.
1: Yeah. And it was blessed, so, through, blessed through the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, yes.
6: So I wanted to just, uh, just speak out on this and, and tell uh, Specific Justice how much I appreciate what they're doing, mm-hmm. and I appreciate uh, um, people that stand up for Israel. Thank um, you. They need us so much. Thank you, right William.
1: Thank you. Uh, again, that's pji.org is her website. Brad, um, he brought up the matter of the Church. Are you finding support for Israel, uh, the, these uh, promises from God to to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, their descendants, uh, as, as waning in the Church?
2: Well, I think it depends uh, quite a bit from what kind of Church we're talking about. So I would say evangelical churches that are Bible believing, Bible teaching, solid churches. Uh, the pastors that, that I'm familiar with and I interact with, when I'm when I'm traveling and speaking at churches, uh, they're solidly behind Israel. Uh, they're resolutely behind Israel. Uh, where I find the the variance, though, the concern is in some of the mainline denominations, uh, like you know, they say the Episcopal, First United Methodist. Uh, I remember even speaking to a Presbyterian pastor of a PCA uh, Presbyterian, and I thought, well, this is going to be pretty solid. Of course, it will be for Israel. He believes in the Bible and the Scriptures. And, and I was stunned to hear him say, well, no, I don't see the nation of Israel, this nation of Israel, as, as the Israel that uh, is, is protected and, in, and uh, blessed in Scripture. I, I see this as just something totally different, and we have, you should have no uh, uh, you know, responsibility to, to defend Israel. I was stunned. Uh, but that does exist, and I think it's predominantly, especially in mainline denominations, that you know, do not take the Word of God um, seriously, yep. uh, or they compromise it. Uh, same, similar, to The same churches that are compromising based on sexuality yep. and, and other kinds of Maybe. issues that are abhorrent, according to the Word of God, These seem to be the same churches that are compromising with regards to, uh, to Israel. and uh, So people need to really ask that question when they go to church.
1: Let me get, to, let me get Barbara yeah. in before the break here. Junction sure. City, Kansas. Barbara, you're on the year.
6: Thank you for taking my call. Uh, when my husband and I lived in Germany the first time, we visited Dachau, Germany, mm. and that was a concentration camp. And it was not like visiting an amusement park. It was very sobering to stand in that Rusty out chamber, knowing that in that very room, probably one million people mm. had been exterminated mm. in that very place. And So I encourage everyone listening to stop contributing to the alumni associations and in any way giving money to your university if they are engaging in this kind of activity. Load with your checkbook, because if we stay silent, tomorrow it'll be us.
1: Barbara, thank you for raising that. I'll have our guest come in after the break.
6: Thank
1: you. Mm-hmm. And friends, we'll be back in just one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. We'll pick up with more calls after the break. Brad Dakus is with us. Their website, pji.org. It's the Pacific Justice Institute. Back in a moment.
5: For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is Worldview Report. Dot com. Matthew 25, Jesus is separating the sheep from the goats. Now don't confuse Matthew 25 with Revelation 20, the great white throne judgment. That's where he judges the dead. This is Matthew 25 where he's judging the Gentile nations that have come out of the tribulation. He's separating the sheep from the goats and he commends those sheep who ministered to his brethren. I was in prison and you visited me. I was sick, right? And you cared for me. I was thirsty. You gave me water. Remember that? Well, that passage is used to promote social justice. It's not about social justice. He said, you'd ministered to my brethren. In the Greek strong, we find out that the brethren is the Jews. You know how hard it is today to stand up for the Jewish people since October 7th with the rise of anti-Semitism? We've not seen anything compared to what's going to happen during the tribulation. Jesus isn't saying you're saved because you help the Jews. You help the Jews because you're saved.
1: Our topic today, anti-Semitism on campuses, university, college campuses across the nation. Brad Dacus is with us, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute, pji.org. And uh, their phone number is 916-857-6900. Brad, that call right before the uh, we went to the break uh, talked about... Uh, People vote with your checkbook I mean if you're alumni of these institutes, pull your funding uh, from this. Uh, we see also uh, representative Virginia Fox of North Carolina when when these universities were were testifying she said you know federal funding should be yanked from these universities so your comments on the issue of funding, whether it be alumni or or the the federal funding that's going into these universities
2: yeah that's a a, a good uh, long term uh, viewpoint and perspective to take is is looking at the funding uh, you know because when this all stops uh, the money will continue to, 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 to flow to these universities so I encourage people not only to uh, to not to support financially these universities standing up for these things but also um, to investigate their alumni university find out specifically what are they doing what are they not doing um, are they into DE, uh, DEI, mm-hmm. uh, for example, and I went to Texas A&M undergrad. Found out, you know, the whole massive part of the university was supporting DEI. And then, second, um, is to encourage uh, legislators. Uh, hopefully, in, in in after this next election, we'll have people in the White House and the Senate, et cetera, who will be able to uh, to really firm down on uh, the standards in, in uh, financially supporting universities, um, and uh, in a way that is both constitutional as well as Uh, not abusive of our funds to be anti-Semitic and uh, and, uh, having institutions that are anti-Semitic.
1: Let's go to Todd in Upper Michigan. Hi, Todd, you're on the air.
7: Yeah, I believe that the nations of the world are going to be shaken up when the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob gives
6: the Jewish people all the land from the river to the sea back to Israel as he promised Abraham. And that's going to really shake the nations up because they're going to see that God reigns in the earth. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you for raising that issue, Todd. Uh, We've got Brad in West Dallas here on the air, Brad.
2: Hey, Brother Jim. Um, The left in this country has changed again. They keep moving the goalposts. I can remember, and it wasn't all that long ago, and they used to be against anti Semitism. What are they going to come out in favor of, you know, putting back? uh, blacks back in chains or something in, in sometime in the future. We're called haters when we tell the truth about Muslims and Islam and even the Quran. We show them what the Quran says and they say that. Oh, that's hate speech. And uh, now they're calling Jews Nazis. Yeah. But yeah. they're the ones acting like the Nazis. Right. right. Don't they think at all? Yeah. American. It, um, the American college. Uh, graduate or college scholar has become the American college punk, and they're the haters now.
1: Thank you, Brad. And and we, we find that those who are, you know, crying intolerance the loudest are practicing it the most uh, here, Brad.
2: Yeah, you know, after I see two people talking and one of them is screaming and yelling in the face of the other person, it's uh, more likely than not that the person is that's screaming and yelling in the face of the other is the one that's uh, accusing the, the, you know, the, the peaceful person of being a hater. Right. Um, it, they don't see it, uh, but it's, uh, the, the hate is a very intense, very extreme, and if we need to be anti-hate, uh, then we need to uh, defend the Jews on these university campuses that are being uh, attacked by those who hate them and want them, uh, annihilated and, and, and exterminated and the nation of Israel to no longer exist. Um, we have to be resolved.
1: Julie is calling from Pensacola, Florida. You're on the air.
7: Uh, Yes, I do condone all of the activities that are going on against Israel and all, and and I feel bad that they are being treated this way, Mm -hmm. and yet I think I remember reading something about how all nations are going to be against Israel in the end times, Mm -hmm. and it just makes me feel like we need There's an urgency to really spread the gospel so that so yeah. many, many more people can be saved, because it makes me feel, with everything going on right now, the end times are coming closer and closer. Yeah,
1: indeed. And Julie, just to clarify, you're saying you don't condone these activities uh, on the campuses. Great.
7: Well, I, I think it's wrong the way right. that, um, the Jewish people are being treated this yep. way. It's just wrong. Yep. They, they need to be loved.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And then Ron in Lacrosse, our final caller today, you're on the air.
6: Um, hello, um, I, I was just, I don't know if anybody brought this up, but what about the funding of these universities, how much money they might be getting money from the terrorist groups in these Islamic countries that basically make them be quiet.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. And yeah, we addressed the, the funding in part, but I know that there are uh, other... Uh, not only calling for Congress to pull the funding for them, but uh, there's also been uh, people coming from the Israeli Defense Ministry that is also blasting the Hamas propaganda that's at the universities. And uh, so uh, Hamas propaganda influencing universities and protest money is being poured in, activating terror networks around the world, reports Pamela Geller. So uh, there is much there. Brad, we're down to 90 seconds. Uh, Share your heart. What would you like to leave with our listeners on this issue?
2: We have to not let this just fade away. Uh, We have to be resolved. This is a golden opportunity for Christians to exhibit the love of Christ by speaking up. Uh, We can look back in history. What happened in Germany can't be reversed. But we can handle responsibly what's happening now to the Jewish people and speak up for them and to defend them with the love and truth of Jesus Christ Uh, And that's what we need to be doing, and and that should be our focus moving forward, as well as supporting those in elective office uh, that have the right position with regards to Israel and non-compromising regarding the, uh, the protection of the defense of the Jewish people, which unfortunately we're seeing on a massive scale politically at very, very dangerous levels.
1: Friends, Brad Dacus, our guest here today, and talking about anti-Semitism on campuses. uh, I just saw a story, too, on the Daily Wire reported of Jewish students, Northeastern University in Boston encountered an anti-Israel demonstration taking place in their campus center as They tried to enter the building to attend a Shabbat dinner. They were forced to walk through anti-Jewish sit-ins to get to their event, clearly shaken, one of the banners from a railing, called to globalize the Intifada, and that is what is taking place on the college campuses. PJI is there to stand up for the religious freedoms of the students. You can reach out to them at pji.org or by calling 916-857-6900. Brad, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. It's, it's always a pleasure, and keep up the great work. Great. And stand the line for a moment, if you would. Brad Dacus, our guest today. Let me just repeat that website, pji.org. And uh, friends, much information there, but an uh, organization that is standing up, standing up against these uh, evil atrocities of the Hamas and that rhetoric that's making its way through college campuses today. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us on
0: Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Take Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin 53208, or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk.